Hello and welcome to the Bears, Birds, and Brews podcast. This is a show about the Chicago Bears, the Atlanta Falcons, and craft beer. My name is Asif Lakani and my co-host is Nabil Alani. And on today's episode, we have a very, very special guest from Twisted Knot Brewing Co. Uh, we're going to get these beers poured and we're going to talk to you all about it. Um, super excited for this. Nabil is going to take the lead on this. I'm going to hand it off to him. Hey, Andrew, how are you doing today? Good, man. How are y'all? Doing good. Doing good. These beers smell good, or this one beer for now. Uh, we got another one of your beers up here, but um, thank you for this beer. We appreciate it. We're super excited to try it out. Yeah. Uh, so we just cracked open. T- uh, so I'm going to try to pronounce it again. Noctilucent? Yeah, not to loosen. So, not to loosen. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, it's a 6.6% double IPA. Um, it's one of our uh, flagships that we have. Um, it's brewed with a lot of uh, golden promise. Um, it's got some golden naked oats in there. Um, it's brewed with a uh, British ale yeast. Uh, so you'll probably get a little bit of maltiness off the back end of that. Definitely. Got some hops on the nose. Um, it's heavily hopped with uh, mosaic, citra, and galaxy uh, in both the kettle and both the dry hop. So, yeah, this is this is delicious. This is really good. I feel yeah. like every everything you just mentioned, I can get like a distinguishable palate. You know, I can get it distinguishably on my palate. You know what I mean? A little bit of this, a little bit of that, all of it. It's a very well crafted beer. And uh, this is y'all's flagship. Like, uh, is this the first beer, uh, beer you guys brewed for for Twisted Knot? Uh, so that is the first beer. That's the first single IPA that I brewed. Um, that I hadn't done a home brew before. Whenever we, uh, whenever we started, so kind of took what I had learned from home brewing. Took what I had learned from uh, working on our bigger system, and just kind of applied that knowledge that I had um into that beer and used um three of the the prolific hops that you're going to see in a lot of beers right now uh citra mosaic and galaxy yeah so use a lot of citra in the boil a lot of galaxy in the boil um and then it's dry hop twice with uh, a blend of citra and galaxy for the initial dry hop and then it's finished off with uh with Citra, Galaxy, and Mosaic for the uh, second dry hop. Gotcha. This is, a, this is awesome. Thank you so much. And let's just um, start off by just you know, talking about Twisted Knot. So um, you guys are located in uh, Virginia, Virginia, correct? Uh, Newport, Newport News? Yeah, Newport News. So uh, our area is called the 757, um, Seven Cities. It's Virginia Beach, Norfolk, uh, Suffolk, Chesapeake. Newport News, Hampton, and I always forget the seventh. Roanoke? Um, what's that? Roanoke, Virginia? Roanoke is kind of in the middle of the state, so it's a little, little, little ways away from us, but we're, we're sitting there over on the coast, uh, pretty close to Virginia Beach. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, we're, the, we're the second brewery to open up in um, Newport News. Um, we're pretty small when you look at uh, uh, all the breweries that are around us. Uh, most of the places are a seven to a 30 barrel system. 
Um, so a barrel usually equals about uh, about 30 gallons. So we're pretty we're pretty small compared to uh, a lot of other places, and we're really set up for tap room sales, and we do a little bit of canning on the side. Obviously, the uh, the the current environment in the United States right now is caused us to to make a shift to our business plan so uh, yeah. yeah it's it's been pretty interesting yeah definitely and um well it's been a crazy year for you guys you guys opened up uh june last year right yeah so we opened june last year um we're only open fridays and saturdays uh we're open fridays from four to nine and saturdays from one to nine um so we try to keep it pretty limited hours uh and we try to focus on the hours that people are going to be off work and out trying to enjoy craft beer and, and good company. Definitely. Definitely. So, you know, how, like, how has it been? You know, um, I know you were saying, or, you know, a moment ago that you guys normally originally weren't set up to, you know, do a lot of canning. So are you guys, so I know you guys have an uptick in canning right now, right? Yeah. So we're, we're a hundred percent doing to go sales right now. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're open from three to six every Friday. We have a website set up where people can order online. They come, we do a contactless pickup. So out back of our brewery, we have a roll up garage door. People come up, give us their order number and name. We check their ID, set the beer on the table. They grab it and uh, go off and enjoy, enjoy the beers. Enjoy uh, some uh, beautiful buds. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you think that the contactless delivery or to go beer sales is going to be, um, a permanent thing for your business moving forward? Because some breweries have had a lot of success with it actually. Yeah. It's, it's been pretty good for us as far as being able to keep the doors open. Um, but, but obviously we were set up in our, our margins were set up on taproom sales. Mm -hmm. So when you look at what we're putting into a beer that we sell out of the taproom, we're obviously making a considerable amount more profit off that. Um, and we don't have a canning machine, so we're manually filling everything. So it's a seven second CO2 purge. It's a fill, it's a manual seal. Um, it's manual hand labeled. I mean, if you look at the labels, you'll see that they're put on crooked a little bit. Um, so they're not I really perfect. Appreciate that. I mean, yeah. that's a, that's craftsmanship and it puts care and quality into your product that we can see and taste and feel, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, one of the, one of the best things that somebody told me was when they got one of our early cans and they noticed that the can label was crooked, the beer was handwritten on the side in a, in a permanent Sharpie marker. Um, and he was like, yeah, he's like, you can really tell that this was, this was handcrafted. Pretty sure the cans that you all have or have a printed label on that. And yeah, they do. Yeah. We've just done that to, uh, to save a little bit of time because we're manually canning anywhere from two to 700 cans every week. So it's, oh, that wow. usually works out to about a three to, to 10 hour process for um, the folks that are involved with the brewery right now. Wow. Now, um, how many beers are you guys canning? Like, um, I know you have this one in the double we're going to get to in a, in a little bit, but how many beers are you guys actually canning for, you know, to-go sales? Yeah, so right now, let me look up on our, let me see what we have right now. Um, I want to say we have a 10, but. We actually have 12 available right now for to-go sales. Oh, wow. 
Awesome. Bad. Awesome. Yeah. Now, I know you said earlier that, uh, you know, you try your beers to make sure they're tasting right. But, you know, at the same time, there must be one that, you know, you kind that kind of sits near your heart. What would you say is your favorite beer, Twisted Knot? Uh, right now, it's, I mean, it's, it's not Delucent. Um, I mean, that was a beer that I, I ran through our system the first time it came out. Everybody loved it. Um, my oh, wife. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I, I think that, I think that a lot of people like it is because it's approachable. Um, it's people see IPA and they usually look at more of the West coast hoppy ones that where all your tastings hops and we're like, Hey, just, just try this one. It's, it's smooth. It's got some fruity notes to it. It's not super bitter. Um, you still get the normal beer notes like you would get out of a, out of a normal ale. Um, but you still get those, IPA notes that uh, that a lot of folks have grown to love. Right. So it's really a meld of kind of new school and old school for me that a lot of folks uh, are really enjoying. Yeah, like it's it's simple but complex. Like it, it has all the flavor palettes of a complex uh, bev- complex IPA, but there's nothing you know uh, too crazy going on in it. Like you know a milkshake type IPA or you know, it's not like a triple or anything like that where it's too high ABV for someone to, you know, be kind of scared to drink it if they want something that, you know, more approachable, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was designed just to be a beer that, it was designed really to be the beer that I would drink day in and day out. If I had one beer to drink for the rest of my life, that's kind of where my head was when I went in to design it. Nice. No, I think approachable, like Nabil said, and like you said, I think approachable is a great way to describe this beer for sure. So let's go a little talk, but talk more about your about the brewery. Um, you know, where did the name Twisted Knot come from? Uh, so Twisted Knot came from. Uh, so there's there's three families that are involved with it. Um, Jeremy, who's our CEO and co-founder, his wife Carla, um, Dan, who's our business guy, and his wife Danielle. And then my wife, Lorraine, and myself, uh, Jeremy's really the head brewer, CEO, was all kind of his idea. Um, Dan does all the business stuff that Jeremy and I don't want to deal with. Um, I deal with uh, a lot of brewing, um, a lot of our kind of creative direction, beer names, um, most of our social media marketing type stuff. Um, so we kind of got three people that somewhat think alike in certain ways but in other ways we think completely different it's really kind of a really good combination that works pretty well um but the name twisted knot came from jeremy's got a live edge oak uh bar top down in his basement and there's um i don't know if you've ever like been chopping through wood or if you've ever seen one of those live oak things and you see like a knot in it and it's just all twisted up so that's kind of where the, the name for the brewery came from. We were sitting downstairs drinking one night. And we're like, oh, cool. That's a, cool. I was like, yeah, it's kind of twisted. Nice. I like it. I think it's a solid name. It's a memorable name. Like the first time you know, Bill told me, hey, this is going to come on. And I haven't forgotten the name ever since the first time I was exposed to it. And I saw it. It's just like it's very memorable. Um, yeah. And that was before I even tried the beer. So I think that's, that's a good sign as well. Nice. nice. Um, so a quick question I have for you is like, you talked about how brewery operations have changed during the pandemic and obviously how you guys are trying to navigate through that. 
um, you just told us about you and then the two others who are essentially you're, you're on your executive staff or what have you. But what has your day-to-day been like now from what you were doing before? I mean, how has that changed for you specifically? Yeah, so this is, this is kind of like a, a side business for all of us. We all have normal day jobs. Um, wow. So it's, it's really, it's kind of slowed down a little bit for me. Um, it's kind of allowed me to get back to my brewing roots. Um, because when we were open Friday and Saturday, it was Lorraine and I were working Friday, Dan and Danielle were working Saturday. The next weekend, Jeremy and Carla were working, or, and Lorraine and I were working. So we were only getting off really about a weekend or two a month, depending on how, how it fell. Um, so it's really been, it's, it's allowed me to, to take that extra time that I have off from actually working in the brewery in the tap room to really kind of take a step back and look at my recipes, um, design new recipes. It's actually, it's, it's been good for me personally. It really hasn't been good for us as a business. But, uh, but luckily with our, with our can sales and we're, we're a pretty small place, um, we're, we're still able to, uh, to sustain business in the current environment. Nice. So, um, as you're saying, you know, you got new recipes that you've been thinking of during this time. Is there any type of recipes that you've already implemented, um, that you thought of during, you know, this time that you, that you've had, or are you thinking about implementing that a little later on this year? Uh, so trust the process is, um, is really kind of the first new, new beer I've made with, uh, with the techniques that I've kind of learned from brewing over the last year. Um, on our uh, professional system. So um, I kind of look at making beer a lot like I look at cooking. Um, you really, you start it, you start the dish, you put some seasonings in, cook it a little bit, put some more seasonings in, maybe let it simmer for a little bit, toss some other things in. Um, and then once you finish the dish, you plate it and then toss another set of seasonings over it. Um, so that's kind of the approach that I've been taking to a lot of our hoppy ales now. Um, where I'm not just focusing on, hey, let's hit it with hops during the brewing process and then hit it with one big charge. It's more of a layering process. So I put a little bit in at this time during the brewing process. Put a little bit in at this time when it's cooling down. I put a little bit on whenever I pull the yeast off. I drop the temperature of the beer slowly, toss some more hops in. And then it's just, it's really kind of layering hops in different parts of the process um, to try to really get um, a smoothness and to try to coax different flavors out of the, out of the grains and out of the hops that we're using. Gotcha. Gotcha. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so before we move to, into the second beer, I did want to ask, since you were saying you're the one who, you know, works on the names and, and, and you're in the brewing process, the first beer, not to listen, what, what does that name come from? So it's a, it's a cloud. Um, so it is, it's the highest cloud in earth's atmosphere. And if you Google it, you can find some pictures of it. And what it actually is, is it's ice crystals in between two layers in the atmosphere. And you only see it at sundown, um, or sunrise and you're gonna see the light bounce off of those ice crystals and you'll see like a little shimmering note to it. 
that's where that came from. Gotcha. I love it. Nice. And nice. you picked that name because you just liked it. Yeah, I'm. I'm an. I'm an engineer and a artist, and science and stuff kind of inspires me. And I was looking around for because it's a. It's obviously a cloudy IPA. It's obviously hazy. So I was looking at just googling cloud names, and it's like, oh, that sounds cool. Yeah. It's a little hard to pronounce, but uh, <laughs> yeah, reading's not my best skill. Drinking yeah. is reading. reading is yes, it? he's very good at drinking. <laughs> which we're about to drink another one. So yeah. Let's, let's do this. So we're about to go into the trust the process. Uh, it's the double IPA sitting at eight and a half percent. Let us know about this one. Yeah. So that's, um, that is a double IPA. Um, it's brewed with a lot of pale malt. Uh, it's got some white wheat. It's got some flaked white wheat. It's got some flaked oats in it. Uh, a little bit of carapils. Put a lot of uh, a lot of galaxy, a lot of amarillo, um, so you get a lot of those juicy pineapple notes off of it. You also get some piney, kind of resinous, kind of orangey notes from the amarillo. And this is our first triple dry hop beer that we made. Um, kind of talking about that process uh, that I that I was referring to earlier, um, where we layered it multiple times throughout the process and, uh, really happy with how this one turned out yeah i mean the color looks beautiful on this i mean yeah. uh -huh. and uh i don't know if you mentioned but it's an 8.5 abv so good you know standard double uh status right there i would say um and like uh right right on the sip like the flavor just kind of bust at you just kind of it's kind of hits you in the face but you know mm. um, the, the hoppiness a little mm -hmm. bit of bitterness too. I like that. I actually get a lot of the fruit in it, you know, just the bursting with the flavor and like the, like I get a lot of just like flavor explosion there. But I see when the bill's talking about now with the, with the hop, yeah. you know, like it like boom and then it just opens it up for you. I like that though. That's very well made. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, we, we really kind of focus, what I've been focused on a lot too is our water profile. Um, the water that we get in Newport News is pretty solid. Um, but what I, what I've been focusing on now is really looking at my water profile and adding certain salts to it, um, that are going to accentuate the, the grains more and really make it more malty. And then that really allows me to bomb it with hops a lot and really kind of balance those, those two flavors and then leave a little bit of residual sweetness into the beer as well, uh, just to kind of smooth out uh, the, the kind of medium high 8.5 ABV. Nice. So, you know, uh, yeah, go for it. Go so, uh, so I think I may know this answer, but I'm going to ask you, you know, anyway, right now, and it may be a blend of, blend of what I'm going to ask you. Uh, do you approach the brewing process as more of a science or more of an art? It's, it's a lot of art for me. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a lot of science around it, and I mean you can. Right now, with with the internet and with as much information as you can get from professional brewers um, online, you can make some you can make some fantastic, uh, some fantastic homebrew, and you can scale that up to the professional level. Um, but a lot of it is is art. Um, 
there there's a reason why a Monet is worth so much money. Yeah. <laughs> because he painted it and he yeah. knows how to paint it. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really more of a art form right now. There's still a lot of science behind it. Like if I if I'm not controlling my fermentation temperature, I'm gonna get some really bad off flavors. Um, if I mash in at too high of a temperature, I'm gonna get off flavors. If I don't clean properly, I'm gonna get some off flavors. But um, I I really look at it as more of a as more of an art form now, and and really looking at the ingredients that I can get and how to play with those. And uh, what's your favorite style of beer to brew? Uh, right now, I've I mean I brew all of our IPAs and pale ales. Um, I haven't really brewed anything outside of that professionally. Um, probably the best beer that I've ever brewed was a Belgian triple out of a home brew kit. Um, when I first moved out to Virginia about 14 years ago, and I don't know what it was about that beer, but I mean, I would, I would love to have a bottle of it right now because I'm sure it aged well. We used a, a champagne yeast on it and a Belgian yeast and let it bottle from it for a bit. And it was, it was fantastic. Are you going to try to recreate that at the, um, at the brewery? Nope. I, <laughs> I don't want to try to recreate that. Um, it's, it's, I'll go back to the, the Monet quote. Um, he painted water lilies once and was good with that. And right. Went on to, went on to something else. <laughs> yeah. Um, nice. I love, I mean, I'm a big classic art fan and just fine art in general. So I love all these references personally. Um, question I had about this is, so you said that this was trust the process. This was maybe like the first beer you made in pandemic mode. Um, what was kind of your thought process behind this from the artistry perspective of like the name and what you want people to walk away with from that? Besides just obviously making the killer beer, because this is excellent. I, I really like this. Yeah, so where where trust the process came from, um, I was at a I was at a workshop um, for my my normal day job, and they flew a group of us up to New York, and they put us in this really awkward environment. Um, they put a bunch of a bunch of people from different organizations in our company in the same room. We had a bunch of whiteboards. None of it was scripted. We didn't have an agenda for what was going to go on from day to day. And the guy, David, that was, that was running the workshop, what he, what he told us at the very beginning, he's like, guys, look, we're here for three days. All I really want you to do is just trust the process and we're going to come out of this and we're going to have this problem solved. So that's, that's kind of where, uh, well, that's where the name comes from and, and really, where my mentality came from relative to brewing the beer. So I was, I was looking back at what I had done, what I had been doing, what worked well, what didn't work well, and was really just trusting my brewing process to kind of let all that lend um, little hints to how this beer was going to turn out. Nice. Yeah, I, I, I really like it. It's a great brew. Yeah, this is a really good one. Um, and then, Real quick, sorry if I missed this before, but you said you moved out to Virginia 14 years ago. Uh, how long have you been home brewing for? How long would you consider yourself a brewer for? How long have you been brewing for? 
so I started home brewing um, with my friend on the stove. Um, when I first moved out to Newport News, didn't really know a whole lot of people. Um, I graduated from college, moved out from just outside of Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, one of the first friends I made was, she was really big into brewing beer. So we did some stuff on her stove. Um, and I realized that it was really hard to make really good beer on the stove and I could buy stuff out on the shelves. And then uh, ended up running into Jeremy and uh, we, we had a couple beers or a couple cases of beers and eventually decided to do this professionally. So. Nice. Yeah, nice. I'm, I'm glad y'all decided that. Yeah. Um, so just, um, you know, kind of like a, a side note, kind of like a pivot, um, you know, the, this beer is called Trust the Process. Whenever I hear that, I just think of, you know, the Philadelphia 76ers uh, with the whole tanking situation and trying to, like, lose as much as they can uh, to get high draft picks. And, you know, the GM was like, trust the process. So with that being said, sports are back and you are an avid hockey fan. Yes, sir. Nice. And um, so are, so I know that hockey's ramping up um, starting on what, Saturday, right? That's the first game? Yeah, they're doing some exhibition games right now. Um, before we jumped on this, I was uh, watching the first couple periods of the, the Caps-Canes um, game. Nice, nice. Is that your team? I assume that's your team. Yeah, the Caps is the team now. Um, my, my wife was a huge uh, Capitals fan. Uh, I grew up a Pittsburgh Penguins fan back in the Lemieux and Yager era. Wow. Um, Definitely. So, after, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, but uh, after after uh, meeting Lorraine, going to a couple Caps games, they're uh, kind of my jam now. We have uh, two boxers, and one of their names is Ovi. So. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Ovi, I have to ask you an honest question. Has Ovi – gotten sober from that summer of ob a couple of years back i still think yeah. he's drunk he's a machine man he definitely he is just, he's a he just drink. rolls he just rolls <laughs> all right so if ob were to camp, come to your brewery and ask for a beer what would you give him uh i would probably give him our one of our big stouts okay um, uh de- describe one of them for me give me a name give me abv yeah so our uh our house uh, coffee stout is called Robust Collaboration. It's uh, uh, it's a 12% coffee stout. Um, we've done a couple barrel-aged versions of it. We did one in a normal bourbon barrel for a local distillery uh, out in Newport News um, called Ironclad. Um, we did another one. We aged it in some maple bourbon barrels from there. Um, and then right now, we technically have it on tap, but we're not open for tap sales. Uh, we have a cinnamon version of that. Oh, here as well. So nice. Um, I, I love coffee stouts. So, uh, I mean, I love IPAs, love all that, but you know, I love coffee stouts, love milk stouts. Those are like, those are my jam right over there. So, you know, you, you're saying you guys have a, a barrel aged coffee stout. It's like, wow, that's my jam, right? Yeah, we have a, uh, so we have robust collaboration, which is our normal coffee stout. Um, we have milky waves, which is our 7.3, uh, milk stout. We have a brown called Bad News Brown, um, based on Newport News. It used to uh, used to have a bad rap for uh, for being a pretty big crime town. Um, we have a wheat beer uh, called Weedy Pops, and I'm trying to think what other house beers we have. I think that that kind of rolls through our house beers. 
um, right now, along with Noctilucent. So. Gotcha. All right. So let's say the impossible happens and somehow the Blackhawks are eliminated and then the Capitals go all the way and they win the Stanley Cup. How would you? Which they've done before, actually. <laughs> yeah. A couple of years ago. How would you feel? I, you know, is it a true Stanley Cup? Is it a pandemic Stanley Cup? What is it? Um, I think it's a, I think it's really a true Stanley Cup from my perspective, um, because you look at all the, all the craziness that's going on on right now, and and what a lot of people are really looking for is is really kind of like something to unite and get together, because you can't have that face to face interaction with folks and that like legitimate cheering. Yeah. sitting next to somebody um having that having that sports connection um virtually i think is is just as important as as being able to give somebody a high five and and spill a beer on them when when your favorite player scores a goal definitely <laughs> all right um well quick question and and essentially my question is like if you had to make a beer for the capitals right like let's say they come to you and they say hey we want a team beer we'll sell it in the arena once we get back to hockey in the stand like what do you what would your mindset be going into making a beer like that what would you what what kind of beer would you make for them um what i'd probably look at is at making would be a pale ale um something around five percent something that's that's pretty smooth slightly hoppy um maybe like a toned down version of noctilucent mm-hmm. um just just something that's easy drinking and approachable um that that you could be satisfied with having one of them or if if your team was was going on a run that night you could have six or seven of them if that was your jam well, there I, we go. Yeah, I thought you were going to go to the Falcons, right, and be like, if your team is a constant disappointment, <laughs> then you need something to drink. <laughs> so so you brew the beer, and I already got the name, Hoppy Sticks. Hoppy Sticks? Hoppy yeah, Sticks. Uh, Hoppy Sticks. Fire. <laughs> um, I, I had one more question I wanted to ask you, too, because I can relate to this in a way, um, which is, so I do stand-up, you know, and I do, I do stand-up comedy. Um, and I also do writing, freelance writing, magazine articles, blogs, whatever, in addition to podcasting, my day job, whatever. But one thing you said before we started the, the conversation was that you don't really drink many of your beers once you're off the clock. So for you, it's like, you know, you mentioned the chef thing before, where it's like you drink at the brewery to taste the recipe. But once you're home, you kind of like to drink like your classic beers or maybe support some of your other brewery friends and drink their beers. So I was just wondering if you could talk us through that process because for me, once I write an article, I, I'm done with it. I'm not going back to read it, you know, and it's like for me, I can be overly critical of it unnecessarily and like, oh, I could have said this, I should have said this, and like that's not even good. How did they let that get written? So I just wondering like if you could talk us through that process, because you're probably the first brewer I've met who said like who's openly admitted, like, I like my beer, I drink it, but in moderation sort of so just you know if you could talk through that a little bit because that's interesting to me yeah so the really the way that i look at it is i'm i'm trying to learn from my beer really um i'm trying to understand okay cool this is what i did right it tastes consistent if it's one of our flagship beers or if it's one of our new beers i'm like oh cool this this hop combination was killer or oh 
I, I really messed this one up. I don't need to try that one again. Um, but it's, 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 it's looking at it from, Hey, what is, what's this beer trying to teach me and how can I make this beer better versus, Oh yeah, this is a great beer. I just need to drink a bunch of it. Um, because where I look at it is I would rather get the, the limited amount of beer that we have out into our consumers hands versus just kind of squandering it all and keeping it to myself. Um, so that's, that's kind of really where my, my head's at about it. As far as our, our traditional style beers, they age very well. Um, our hoppy beers, I think as soon as they go into the can, they need to be drank. Um, they probably have a legit shelf life of maybe probably three months is probably about the max. But I mean, I'm sure you guys have noticed that if you get some heavily hopped, unpasteurized beer, eventually all that haze settles out in the bottom and you get some chunkies and you try to roll it around a little bit um, to get everything blended back up. And um, to me, to me, a lot, all our beers unpasteurized, it's designed to be drank as soon as you get it into your hand. Um, and we're hoping that we'll be around to make more. Oh, you guys definitely will. You're making amazing products. So thank you again. This is great. Thank you. How much is this happening right now? Yeah, is he going to bust out a beer? Yeah, I had to get another beer out. Oh, nice. Uh, I was like, oh, what's about to happen? Yeah. <laughs> All well, right. I'd, I'd asked my wife to, uh, I was like, hey, did you bring me a beer up? She's like, oh, I really don't want to be on on the call. So, what? Uh, she should be. Eh, she's, she's probably, the game might have finished up about now. Okay. Yeah. All right, so how about this? How about this is completely off the cuff? How about you review whatever beer you're drinking right now? Because we have no idea what you're drinking. We okay. want you to review that beer right now. It, I would say the can art looks kind of familiar, but if I tried to guess, is, is sure that a veil? Be right. Yeah, it's a veil beer. Okay, there you go. So yeah, this is premium sauce from the veil. Mm -hmm. um, really, really great brewery. Um, really great people that own the brewery. Um, Super, uh, super blessed to, to live out in Virginia, especially so close to, to Richmond. I love Richmond, Virginia. That's Nabil's like hidden beer capital of the world, essentially, is like that area. That Most underrated beer, beer place in, in the U.S. Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's actually how I got connected with you way back in the day. So the, the first beer release that, uh, that I ever went to at Vail, I met Murad who subsequently let me to meet Naveed, who subsequently, I guess, led me to you guys. So. Yep. And uh, it's going to be a rabbit hole. Keep going. So don't worry. You're going to be. Yeah. <laughs> so, so just, just really super cool. Um, but like Murad and I were standing in line waiting for beer at the Vale. It was back when they were limiting everything to like, it's probably a couple four packs per person. Um, so it was, kind of hard to get um wasn't that hard to get if you wanted to wait in line um but it was it was the hype beer at the time and and they uh they've been producing great stuff since so definitely yeah, yeah so this is premium sauce um it is a six percent 
single IPA. Uh, they brew this a handful of times. Um, a lot of people probably notice that Vale doesn't brew the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Um, and I, they probably do that for a number of reasons. Um, but the reason why we don't brew the same beer over and over again, um, especially when we're talking about IPAs, is because hop lots change so much throughout the year. Depends on when it was harvested, where you got it from. Um, hops are a lot like wine grapes. Uh, so you could get a lot from this place in Oregon and the citrus going to taste like this. You get a lot from this other place in Oregon, Citra, same year, and it's going to taste a little bit different. So it's really, you got to either have to have a hop contract, which a lot of the bigger breweries have, um, or you really have to smell them and really experiment with them to see what's going to happen over time. Yeah, that completely makes sense. Yeah, so I, I know this has Galaxy in it. Um, because Galaxy is going to give you that um, kind of bright yellow tone to it. Um, I think it's got a little mosaic in it. So Galaxy is going to give you like some pineapple, um, some kind of OG flavor. Some people want to say onion and garlic. Other folks want to say tastes like other OG products. Um, and the mosaic, you're going to get a lot of berry notes off of it. So that's really what I'm getting a lot out of this beer. Oh, yeah. Nice. One sip, everybody knows the rules. <laughs> it's, super, it's super smooth. Um, get a little bit of sweetness from it. So I think they intentionally probably left um, a little bit of unfermented um, sugars in there just to give you a little sweetness on the back end. Um, but the, the hops really, really play very well with this beer. Um, Vale does fantastic things with all their beers, but their, their single IPAs have been shining for me recently. Nice. Nice. I mean, it looks like a fantastic beer. Yeah, it looks um, really good. You know, th this has may have been like the most fantastic beer we've had on an episode before. I mean, episode at this point, you know, we got this amazing beer you brought. You're drinking Vale. You know, it's just awesome beer all around some of the best of the best really <laughs> that you can get. um well yeah go for it oh so um no, you can go ahead right now oh well i mean i was just gonna say like what you know before we wrap up because i don't know where we are on time but in terms of what do you have to say to the people who are listening about your beer who you are like what do you want to say that we haven't got to yet and it doesn't even have to be about beer it could be about whatever um really just I don't really want to say a lot about our beer because if you're not in Newport News, um, you're not going to get our beer um, unless you know some people that are going to trade it with you or some folks that are going to ship it to you. Um, but really what I'd like to say is just get out and support your local small breweries um, because those are, the, those are the places that need it right now. Um, that buying a four pack means a lot. Um, it, I know it means a lot to us. Um, and, and really the other thing that I'd like to say is just, just try to put yourself in other folks' shoes nowadays because it's, it's hard for everybody. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world. Um, and just, just try to be, be as compassionate as you can be 
and be as friendly as you can be to folks. I love that. Definitely. I think, I, and I know personally I needed that today. So thank you for that. That was really nice. Um, yeah. So uh, thank you again. Again, uh, it's Twisted Knot Brewery in uh, Newport, Virginia. Uh, you know, Newport right. Newport News, right? Newport News, Virginia. I'm sorry. Newport Just News, Virginia. Yeah. And I'm sure next time I'm in Virginia, I'm definitely going to stop by. Um, hopefully oh, yeah. by that point, we'll be past this pandemic and, you know, in a better situation. And, you know, hey, thank you again, man. I uh, really appreciate your time. Um, awesome. Anything else? No, thank you for the beers. And it's even though people can't maybe get the beers, they can follow you on Instagram at, at Twisted Not Brewing Co. Is that right? Yeah, at Twisted Not Brewing Co. And if you just search uh, Twisted Not Brewing Company um, on uh, Facebook, you'll find us there. Uh, if you use hashtag Twisted Not, we get some interesting, uh, <laughs> interesting follows. I that, feel like you that, guys that, would that, kill at know. weddings, man. I feel like twisted knot, tying knot. Like I feel like you guys would kill in the wedding catering business. Just, right. I, I would, I would look at, look at all the hashtag twisted knot stuff. <laughs> It'll make you laugh. All right, uh, hashtag twisted knot. <laughs> hashtag twisted knot seven five seven is our stuff. So. There gotcha. you go. All right, that's good. Clarify. Good to clarification. know. <laughs> yeah. uh, at Twisted Knot Brewing Co. Hashtag Twisted Knot 757. Andrew. Yep. And your last name is? Schlichty. We'll just go with Andrew. <laughs> yeah, Andrew works. <laughs> oh, yeah. Asif, Nabil, Twisted Knot Brewing Co. Bears, Birds, and Brews. Thank you very much. We're going to talk to you more in a second, but we're going to wrap it up here, everybody. Thank you all for joining us. And Caps, Blackhawks, down the cup final. Yeah, man.